What is up, everybody? It's Andrew Undum, real estate agent here in Baltimore with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Go ahead and subscribe. I have got a list of guests coming that are gonna really knock your socks off. If you're into real estate, sales, negotiation, marketing, leadership, wealth building, you're gonna wanna subscribe to this podcast. I can't wait to take you on the journey with me here with the Andrew Undum Podcast. Welcome back to the Andrew Undum Podcast. Today I have not only a great friend and a mentor of mine, but a really impressive real estate businessman, Jimmy Burgess. He's the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Beach Properties of Florida, overseeing 280 agents, consistently doing over $2 billion in volume. Proud to call him a friend, Jimmy. Thanks so much for coming on uh, and joining me from the beautiful 38 corridor of the Panhandle of Florida. Yeah, nothing like it, Andrew. Um, you know, what's fun about these, I know you do a bunch of these and I do as well, but um, I don't do many of these with people that are as close a friend as you are and um, everything that you've meant to me, um, how you inspire me. And so, man, I'm excited just to uh, spend some time with you today. Well, I've been fortunate enough to to be down at your offices, spend a lot of time with you, and coming up, we'll be together, what? I mean, for, for the Boomtown event, we're going to the Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholders meeting together, so right. it's just a privilege to spend the time. But I thought what would be impactful, Jimmy, is for just to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself, because you have such a crazy story with your mom being your manager and kind of growing up how you grew up and, and to where you are now. Give us the cliff notes, and, and we'll run from there. Yeah, so um, just to kind of start where it all started, you know, my parents uh, divorced when I was about 13, and my dad moved about maybe 75 miles away, started a real estate company when I was a teenager. My mom remarried, and my mom and stepfather also started a real estate company. So I kind of grew up as um, the old SOB, son of broker, um, I guess you could say. So literally, it didn't matter where I was. Whether I was at my dad's, we were doing open houses on the weekend, and I was running around the backyard. Or I was with my mom, and I was in the back seat while she was showing property. Or whatever it was, I just kind of grew up around the business and really didn't have any intention to go into the business. Uh, I actually went and started with Merrill Lynch, was uh, the youngest uh, stockbroker throughout their network uh, when I came out of college. And did that for about a year. My brother was graduating from college and said, hey, I think I'm going to come back and go to real estate. And I just was really... uh, not into the coat and tie necessarily corporate thing at that at that time and so said yeah I think we'll come do that and so that was uh, 1994 29 years ago seems so crazy I don't know when I became the old guy dude you know what I mean? The old guy with 29 years, over half of my life in that, you know, um, had a full head of hair, you know, full of... Vi- there was a there was an article, Andrew, I don't think I've ever shown you this. There was an article back, and it was in you know, like this 30 under 30 or whatever that Florida Realtor Magazine did. And I'll show you the picture next time we're together. And it said, uh, and it had a picture of me with like a full head of hair, you know, like the old just looking over the shoulder look, yeah. you know. And it was like, they're young, they're savvy, they're in it for the long run. I was like, well, they got one of them right. I guess because we're in it for the long run because here we are 29 years later. But through that, there's been a ton of up and downs. Um, you know, so um, as we have talked about, we don't have a single agent in our company, whether they're making a million dollars a year selling real estate or they're at the lowest point of their career or they're just trying to figure out how do I move from this plateau I seem to be on to the next level that I haven't been there. So that's been some unique things. Um, you know, We'll talk about some of the ups and downs if you like, but basically it's been a great, amazing ride that now looking back, I wouldn't change a thing. I would absolutely, every single thing has shaped me to be who I am, have the passion I have for this business. Um, After 29 years, there is absolutely no way that I can give back to this business more than it's given to me, to my family, um, and just the opportunities and the relationships that that I've been able to build through this business as well. 
Well, you've had an impact on a lot of people. Like just um, a month ago at convention, we're in Vegas. You can't walk more than six steps without a flock of people coming up to you saying, oh my God, it's Jimmy Burgess. Can I get a picture? Because you've been delivering so much value to the network. And, and by the way, for everybody, you got to follow at Jimmy Burgess CEO on Instagram because the nuggets are coming out daily. I don't know how you're producing this much content. I'm trying to keep up. So for as a, as a 50 plus year old, you got that social media game right. Um, yeah. Hey man, I'm going to tell you something. Andrew, somebody told me this one time. They said, look, everybody's going to get older, but getting old is a choice. And I ain't going down like that, brother. You know me. I'm going down with a fight. I'm going to be learning more than anybody else. I want my kids. It was so cool. Last night, we're sitting at dinner. Um, I've got my 23-year-old daughter there and, and, and her boyfriend, Noah, that you know. And we're going there, and, um, and uh, my daughter says, hey, um, I was just talking to Noah, and he showed me that website you showed him and that pattern you showed him. And I'd never even thought of that that way. And I'm going to use that on my Instagram. And I was like, that's right. That's right. I'm still in the game. I still got a few things that I'm learning on a daily basis and trying to be that. Um, you know, one of the things, I, you know, I know we'll get into some of this, but one of the things that I've really been focused on now and I've tried to preach to our agents and to everybody coming, my kids, everybody is that money follows mastery. Um, and so what is it that you're mastering? What is it that you're truly studying? Um, you know, what is it that you're doing? Um, another um, saying that I've really been focused on recently, um, and I haven't told you this one either, I don't think, um, is I've been focusing on the fact that what I've been able to understand recently is that um, high achievers, low achievers in life, average people in life, uh, they seek for ways to entertain themselves. Top producers, top people that grow, that um, make an impact in the world that they live in, um, those are people that search for ways to educate themselves. Big difference. Um, and what happens is, is when you get that hunger and that desire for education, for learning, for growing, um, you draw people like you, you know, you and I draw each other together. You know, you get around other people that are searching for knowledge, that are growing, and consequently, when you'll send me a text or I'll send it to someone else or somebody will send me something and we'll start sharing those things, we're all in this just tornado of growth that ends up just really being magnetic to draw people around you that um, that not only help you grow, but to help everything around you just seems to be beginning to just have opportunities to grow. And that's the natural world we live in. I mean, the world we live in is built for growth. You know, I mean, an acorn doesn't have to be told to grow. That's what it does. You know, um, you know, you don't have to tell you know, someone to go out and to get an education. They go most times, but literally it's the people that they have around them, the teachers, the opportunities they have. So for me, I think it is just figuring out what it is that I can master. Social media right now is, I mean, come on. If you're, if you're in this game and you're not figuring out how to do this better, um, you're falling behind very, very quickly. Well, that's why you're the CEO. Typically, they call the best salesperson in any company the CEO. Did you know that, Jimmy? Well, yeah, I'll tell you this too. And and um, what I've tried to do is, is man, if I want to have the most collaborative company, which is what, one of the things I want to have the most, I wanted us to be the most collaborative company in the country. Well, guess what? Our agents need to see me being the most collaborative person they've ever been around. If if I want our company um, to be the hardest working company, I'm the one that needs to turn those locks in the morning and turn them in the evening and be the hardest working in the in the organization. Um, so if I want a positive organization, you know, you've been down here. You know, we say it all the time. What do we always tell our agents? Who's got it better than us? Nobody. Nobody. That's exactly right. And, 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 and I believe it because we absolutely look for those opportunities. I'm not going to ask anybody to do anything 
that I either haven't done or that I'm not currently doing. And I think you can't fake that. And so if you're a team leader listening to this, you're a, you're a parent listening to this, I'll promise you, um, the things that you can do and the lessons you teach are less about the words you say and about the actions that you take. People are watching. And so if, if your organization is struggling right now, odds are you're struggling. A lot of times it's just an outward manifestation of what's going on internally for us, especially the leaders. Um, so I just want to make sure that, man, I'm going to just tell you right now, when somebody walks in this office right here, I want them to walk out of here feel more excited about this business. I want them to feel more excited about being a part of this organization. I want them to feel and understand the opportunity that we have to be in this business at this time with these opportunities so that they can go be everything they're created to be. And I think when you start at, with a leadership role, and listen, we're all leaders. Um, you know, you may be leading one or you may be leading thousands. We're all leaders. How are you setting the tone by the things you're doing, the things you're learning, the actions you're taking, and what are you teaching without even saying a word? God, I love that. They say a healthy leader drives a healthy team. You won't see a healthy team without a healthy leader, and you just sum that up beautifully. And I also love entertaining. Are you trying to entertain yourself or are you trying to educate yourself? Because, you know, I find myself, I like the word autodidact because I like these polysyllabic words. It just means someone who's always teaching themselves. Right. I don't need a right. teacher. Yes. You got to be teaching yeah. yourself. That's right. Yes. Mark Twain said, I never let my schooling interfere with my education. Mm. And that, Same. what a great line. That was a great line for me as someone who the teachers, I was the class clown. So when I say things like that, it gets them twice. Can't argue with that. No, trust me. I won't let my schooling interfere with my education. All right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. And, you know, I find myself being, because I'm so drawn into this business now and connecting with people like you and Gino, who we'll talk about, you know, when you, now you're the CEO of a, a company owned by Home Services of America, you have this amazing opportunity to speak with the most influential person in real estate every day, which we're going to talk about. But I, I'm not that interested in what the Orioles are doing or what's going on with Lamar Jackson or who's going on in the NBA playoffs because I'm dialed in. I'm excited for this. So, right. Before we get into, because I have so many questions and, you know, we could talk for three hours like we have and, and joke about, man, that could have been a podcast because yeah. right where you are now is the CEO of this big organization crushing it. You know, you, you took an interesting path to get there. You got into the business, Merrill Lynch. Tell us about it because I know you rode this thing up and you were one of the most successful developers, builders, agents. And you experienced 2008 like the rest of us, and then you wrote it back up because you can't keep a good man down. So take, take us on that journey if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, you know, let me say this too. What really started a lot of that is is we had some early success. You know, this was back in the 90s before um, really the word team. You know, I mean, before, you know, the Crockett team decided to name that something, and, you know, it became this worldwide organization um, right. where everybody wants to have a team, and we all talk about it. I mean, you got a great team. I, we got great teams. Um, but at that time, it was my brother, myself, and we had his wife as our uh, assistant, and that was, you know, it was 1996 or seven, and we did like 119 transactions, the two of us with one assistant. But the problem was is that our average sales price was like $68,000 because I was in this little rural community and we were, we were doing all, we were selling everything. You know what I mean? We were selling little small lots. We were selling acreage. We were selling houses. I mean, we were, I mean, you know, it was double wide. I mean, we were selling them all. You know what I mean? We were doing whatever we could to get some sales. And, um, and so we ended up, you know, we're sitting there and we're going, man, I mean, we worked awful hard to make this little bit of money. Um, you know, once you split it up and paid her and paid brokerage, paid everybody, and um, so got burnt out. So around 2000, we decided we were just going to um, um, 
exit the company, basically, do something different. We were just burnt out. Um, so that's what we did. My brother ended up um, going into uh, – and to purchase a part, part of a Chevrolet dealership, went into that. Um, I ended up going into banking for a little bit. First off, I had no idea. You know, as you say, I've always been an outside cat. Yes, you um, are. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I've always been someone that I ate what I killed. Nobody ever gave me anything. Um, and so, consequently, when I went to work at that bank and they're like off for Lincoln's birthday, you know, I was like, yeah, man, I don't know about this, you know. But because I had had... All of these people, and I was from the area, and I knew all the builders, and I knew the developers. Uh, my, I was a commercial lender. That year I was at the bank, you know, I grew, I grew about 40% of the bank's portfolio of loans that year um, on a regional bank. And so I went to the CEO at that time who was, had become a friend of mine. I said, hey, man, can you help me out here? You know, a little raise. How about, you know, a little something for the effort, you know, the old Caddyshack. Um, but so basically, as I'm, as I'm saying that, he says, Jimmy, don't worry, you know, we only give raises at the end of the year, but you're doing an amazing job. The bank is going to take care of you. Now, if you've ever had an employer say they're going to take care of you, uh, beware um, that that is a red flag. Uh, so the end of the year comes. I'm super excited. Can't wait. I'm finally going to get this raise. And he's just sitting there telling me. I'm sitting across the desk um, in Destin, and he says, uh, Jimmy, we never do this. First year with us, we never give raises like this. But because of what you've done, on top of your you know, uh, adjustment, COLA adjustment, we're going to give you a 5% raise. And I was, I, I thought I'd misheard it, you know. You ever had one of those moments where you just like, the, you, you literally almost have a crazy snap? I mean, literally, I was sitting in that little penthouse thing overlooking, you know, where I could see the, this golf course by his office. I wanted to pick up my chair and throw it through that glass window. I was like, are you kidding me? You know, but I didn't. I just simply said, thank you. And I went and got in my car and I literally, um, I can drive you to the spot. I pulled my car up by the beach. And I'm just sitting there in that car with the windows down, um, and I literally said, there will never, ever be somebody tell me what I'm worth again. Um, and it was one of those moments where I was like, look, i got to get back in real estate. And, um, but before I decided I was going to get back in real estate, I said, look, if anything's going to change for me, it's going to have to – I mean, anything's going to change around me. i got to start it on the inside. So I just began reading just everything I could get my hands on. Tons of self-development, listening to speakers, you know, and that, and back in that day, we put the little tapes in our car. You know what I mean? I was listening oh, yeah. to tapes. Um, and I remember I'd heard it so many times, but I heard it um, about a week after this in my car. Zig Ziglar said, you know, if you can just help enough other people get what they want, you can have everything that you want in life. And I, and I remember I'd heard it so many times, but all of a sudden, for some reason, it's just like it just, bam, it hit me in my soul. And so I started thinking, well, what can I do to figure out how to help the people around me? And I started realizing, well, I'm at the bank. If I could just help these builders who are saying that their biggest thing is, is that they need cheap lots. And I've got developers who are saying, well, if we could just find builders um, that would build rooftop tops, which will help us get momentum, then we'd be in good shape. And all of a sudden I said, wait a minute. They both need that. If I can just put the two of them together... Um, then something's going to happen here. So uh, literally, uh, it, you know how this is. Once you start getting focused on something, it's amazing. You know, the old, uh, if uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Amen. Um, well, it was like opportunities just began appearing as well because I began to do the work of preparing myself uh, for that. So within about a month, I had a uh, somebody come to me and they said, "Hey, listen, we want to see if the the bank can do this loan for us on this development." And I said, "Well, let me take a look at it." I looked at it and immediately I knew the bank was not going to do the loan. But I realized that I bet, because these were pre-platted lots, that I could sell these lots where they could get a simultaneous close where they could receive funds from a sale of the certain portion of the lots, own the rest of the development outright, and they wouldn't even have to take a loan. 
And so, um, so I went back to him and said, listen, got good news, bad news. Good news is the bank's not going to make this loan. I said, uh, that's the bad news. The good news is, is I bet you in the next 48 hours I can raise enough money for you that you don't have to have a loan. And they said, well, how? And I laid it out. And that afternoon they said, well, look, we'll give you 48 hours to see what happens. I still have my real estate license. So after work that afternoon, I'd set a bunch of appointments at 5 o'clock. Um, and I, I rolled out a map on the front of my truck. And I had builders that I just had called from my clients and said, hey, I know you're looking for some lots. I think I got some cheap lots that you can get in early on if you're interested. I sold about 25 lots that afternoon um, that went under contract. And I looked and I said, wait a minute, I'm going to make more money on these closings than I will the entire year at the bank. And so I waited until that did and that happened. And then immediately, as soon as that happens, then another developer comes in and says, look, I know the bank won't do this loan. You got any ideas on this thing, though? And I ended up putting that deal together. So about 90 days later, I went to the CEO and I said, hey, I really appreciate everything, but here's the opportunities I have. I, I, I need to make a change because I didn't want to burn a bridge. Right. Um, and so consequently, within a year, um, I was making every month what I had been making at the bank every for that year. Uh, then within two years, um, again, focusing on helping others, figuring out ways to serve, all of a sudden I realized that I was making in a week what I was making at the bank. And all of a sudden I had this huge amount of money, this, this, you know, generational wealth coming in, How old are selling you? real estate again. How developing. old are you there? I'm 32, 33 years old. Um, very similar to you, you know, in ways of the timing. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden what happened is this was right around 2003, 2004. And, you know, you and I've talked about this. I mean, it was like, I started by focusing on helping others and somewhere along the way, when the money starts coming, it was like, man, what year is it? 2000 me. I'm going to get mine. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just like a crazy thing that happens. You know what I mean? And so consequently, I started focusing on myself. The economy changed on me um, and changed on all of us. And so come 2005, where I was making a million plus dollars a year for a number of years in a row, um, all of a sudden, uh, 2009, I'm sitting in federal bankruptcy court with $500 to my name. And... Um, you know, looking back, Andrew, man, I, I can remember it. I mean, it was it was May May ninth, two thousand and nine. I'm sitting in that in that parking lot with my wife, um, you know, sitting beside me, getting ready to walk in there. And man, I, first off, I'm I'm sitting there going, man, she meant it when she said better or worse. Uh, you know, she meant it when she said rich or poor, good times and bad. Um, and so, literally, while I'm sitting there um, with her and going through all this, you know, because this doesn't happen overnight, it takes years to unwind, you know, the amount of cash that I had and had, had brought in um, and the assets we had um, to go to zero, basically. And I was doing everything I could not to get there. Um, but I came back, and um, when I was going through all this, you can't fathom. And some, somebody may be listening to this right now. When you're struggling, um, I can remember waking up, there would be days I'd wake up. And it was like somebody would punch me in the stomach when I would realize the things that might happen that day. Most of them didn't even happen, but I would think, oh, this might happen bad. Oh, they're going to call me and want to, me to pay them, and I don't have any money. Oh, this is going to happen. And, and I, so you just live in this situation where you're just struggling just to get through the day. Um, and again, at one point I finally said, you know what? This whole 2000 me thing, it's not really working for you. Have you seen what's happening? Let's go back to what got us there. So I got back to becoming a student again of serving others. And there was this uh, Les Brown is this uh, this powerful, you know, old school speaker. You know, he's got this old, it sounds like a black preacher voice, you know, a big booming voice. And I was sitting in my office, and I remember the phone rang, and there was something just came over me. And it was just like immediately I was like, I bet that's a bill collector, and I can't say anything to him. And I was just at my wits end. And I just said, I got to get in my car and just drive. I got in my car 
And for whatever reason, um, the cassette tape that I had in there of Les Brown had, had come to a place where as soon as I turned the car on, it was like his big booming voice came on. It says, your struggle has not come to stay. It's come to pass. And bam. It's like it hit, boom, it hit my soul, you know. And I was like, wait a minute. The struggle that I've been going through, it will change when I change. The same way that it changed for the good before when I made the change, I can control some of this. I can't, I still got to walk through it. But I can begin to start playing offense instead of defense. And so I began to fill my mind again. I began to find ways to serve. I got back to focusing on how do I serve other people. And here's the thing is, is when you're in a struggle, if you start serving other people, you don't have time to think about all the stuff you're worried about because you're more worried about helping other people. So immediately as that happened, listen, it didn't show up physically. It didn't show up financially. It didn't show up in my life immediately. But I'll promise you that was the day everything began to change. And so as I began to walk through those things and began to get through there, literally from the time that the bankruptcy happened, financially, literally within a year, it was, it was craziness um, that I was playing offense that I financially I just got right back on track. Um, it, was like, it was like a switch had been, it had been turned. And literally going through all that, and I can get into all the things because it's not just your finances. Man, I, you know, that, that was the best thing ever happened to my own marriage. You know, I became a better husband that, going through all that. I became a better father going through all that. I became a better man going through all of that. And what, what I look, look back at that time thinking this was the worst thing could happen to me, now here we are on the other side of it, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because that financial bankruptcy that was on the outside, literally, it was an outward manifestation of the financial bankruptcy and just bankruptcy in life that was going on inside of me. So now, here we are. Listen, when you're in the middle of the struggle, it's hard to see it. But listen, I'll promise you're undefeated. I mean, if you're sitting here listening to this right now, you know how many times you face struggles, big ones, small ones, medium-sized ones, that you've overcome them? Every single one of them, brother. Every single one of them. So what I'm now at a place where is, is that my job, in my opinion, is is to give back in a way so that maybe somebody that goes through a struggle like I did, maybe they can go through it in nine months, what took me nine years. Or maybe they can do it in three months, what took me three years. Whatever it is. Because ultimately, how are we going to be remembered? I'll promise you my kids are not going to necessarily remember stuff. I mean, this is my son's 16th birthday this morning. I mean, I'm just, I, literally, I just came here um, from the driver's license office getting my 16-year-old son his driver's license in a vehicle. He's not going to remember that vehicle. You know what he's going to remember? He's going to remember when I got punched in the nose. Did I get up? Because that's the thing he's going to watch and he's going to do. Our kids are watching. Our wives are watching. Our, our people around us are watching. And when we understand that, that it's not even about us, you can get up and fight no matter when, even when you don't want to. Um, so that's a little bit of the background on some of the struggle stuff. I mean, there's a lot more. You know how this goes. But um, just to give you an idea of, you know, people always ask me, they're like, man, you just seem so passionate about real estate. <clears throat> how could I not be? I mean, literally, how could I not be with everything that I've been through and how this, how this business has been a business of restoration for me financially, how this business has been a business of restoration for my family. I mean, come on, y'all. We're in the best business in the entire world. How could you not get excited about being in this business? Does it mean there's not going to be problems? Absolutely. But when you focus on that why and you truly understand what it is that drives you, it doesn't matter what obstacle is put in front of you. You're going to run through that sucker. So that's, I, just, I just encourage people, if you're at a place and you're listening to this and you're like, man, I'm just struggling right now or maybe my business has slowed down, I promise you this too shall pass. The struggle you're in today has not come to stay. It's come to pass. And when you understand that and you take the steps daily, the results just seem to follow. 
you know, one thing you said there that my father had told me, and I've since told it to a lot of other people who are struggling, you know, it's, you know, when you, when people see you as a successful person and they go through a struggle, sometimes you're the person they call. And I know you're, you're that for a lot of people and I'm that for a small number of people and they're going through things. I always say, Hey, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. And it's a crazy paradigm shift. I remember I got like suspended from school back in the day and my dad's like, hey, look, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it really was because yes. you're undefeated because mm-hmm. this too shall pass. That's freaking mm-hmm. awesome. So, you know, talk about the business that it took you to the highest highs and the lowest lows. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to, and, and you've given me a lot of advice and perspective on this, like saying, hey, don't make the mistakes I made. Mm-hmm. Get, and, and, you know, helping me get around the right people and the good people because, you know, what Warren Buffett says is, hey, you should only have to get rich once. That's what I'm trying to do. It'd be cool to have the story to lose it all and come back. I don't want to do it. No, it's not that cool. I'll promise you. <laughs> I re- Sounds you hear, cool. All these yeah. guys, oh, he went bankrupt yeah. twice. Oh, look yeah. at this. Yeah. Lost all his money yeah. and came back. Yeah. I'd really like to avoid it. Um, I'm sure yes. I have the metal to get through it. I'd rather not find out. I'd rather hey, not. Man. This is the problem, Andrew. Most times, especially today in social media world we live in, um, people are seeing my chapter 17 and they don't even know anything literally about my chapter seven. Um, you, you have to understand that everybody has a chapter and a process. And the problem is we live in a society where we want, um, we want to read the end of the book and we don't read the other chapters. Um, you know, one of, the, uh, one of the great sayings I heard one time was, um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a total blank. Leadership uh, uh, guy that writes tons of books uh, was a former pastor. Maxwell. Help me out here. Yeah, John Maxwell. Um, I can't believe I drew that blank on that because he's so good. But John Maxwell said it this way. He said he has people come up to him all the time, and I have it now. Um, you know, I had it. You and I were sitting there. Literally, it happened when you and I were at the convention a couple weeks ago. Um, this, like, 24-year-old comes up to me and says, hey, I want to do, do what you do. And John Maxwell said it this way. He said, you willing to did what I did? Because the did is what gets you to the do. And what, what happens is we try to skip the did, all the things that are there and all those, all those difficult times and all those things. And it's just, um, you know, uh, it's the experience. Uh, there's nothing, nothing in this world that is more valuable than your experiences. Um, and good, are, uh, good ones are fun. Um, the bad ones are the one that you really grow in, though. Um, you know, growth, you and I say this all the time, growth and comfort cannot coexist. Right. If you're not uncomfortable right now in the way that you're trying to grow, um, odds are, uh, you're not growing. And if you're not growing, it's not like there's a pause button. You're dying. Um, so what is it you're doing to get where you're comfortable being uncomfortable? And when you can do that, man, everything else is going to take care of itself. See, this is why I love talking to this guy. This is why I'm always blowing up his phone on my way in. After I do my little Instagram story, I, I'd like to call Jimmy and just get some advice and perspective because I've found myself in an uncomfortable situations pretty much my entire adult life moving forward because I've always been an outdoor cat, never had a job. I've never even had a boss. Right. Like, yeah. you know. You got one, Amy. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. Yeah, I'm whipped. I don't know if you guys knew that. She's going to let me come back down and hang out with Jimmy in 38 if I bring her and buy uh, her that's right. a bag yeah. or two. But right. no truer words have been spoken of the fact that you have to constantly remain uncomfortable. Like getting asked to, you. by the way, I don't know if you knew this, you were the first person to put me on a stage as a solo speaker by myself. Mm-hmm. Was that two years ago now? Yeah, man. And yeah. like... I didn't, you saw something in me I hadn't even seen yet. I'm like, he wants me to do it solo for an hour in front of his whole company at his big thing. Yeah. I, that's uncomfortable. Because people are like, yeah. oh, you're such a good speaker. I'm like, no, I still get nervous. Okay, because yeah. I care. And right. anyone who says, oh, I don't care what anyone thinks, they're lying to you. Everyone cares. You want to be good, but that, you got to lean into it. Now, you've seen what's happened. I'm getting asked. I'm going all over the place. You know, next week, we'll both be doing keynotes at Boomtown. 
Yeah. So I just yeah. want to thank you for that because you gave me the confidence that I was the type of person who could pull that off before I felt it my, myself. And I know you do that for your, your people and your company mm-hmm. all the time. Andrew, let me just tell you this. This will be the cool part, okay? Um, because, um, you know, you're, you're past this, but um, somebody noticed me. You know, you know what I really want to be remembered as? Somebody that noticed people. Somebody that noticed and saw something in somebody. Um, I can remember uh, my, uh, my high school golf coach telling me, you can play college golf. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know, before, he saw it before I did, and he spoke it, and it, and it, and it gave me the belief. Um, you know, um, I knew the first, I mean, literally within 15 minutes of you and I meeting the first time, I was like, this dude right here, um, he got something. Um, he needs to be in front of people. You know, so, you know, the big, the cool thing is, is yes, it's great to be noticed, but it's even better to be a noticer. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would just encourage everybody that's listening to this. Somebody, if you've got any level of success in any year of your life as a parent, you know, one of the coolest things, man, I I don't know if I've ever told anybody this, but um, one of the funnest things for me now, um, growing up in a smaller town where everybody knew everybody is some of these kids, I say kids, they're, they're your age, you know, that were 10, 15 years younger than me that, that were around when I was in my 20s as a parent, that I watched them play Little League ball or do those things. Um, to now see them as parents and be able to, I sent one just a week or so ago, just sent a direct message and said, hey, man, I've been watching your whole life. Um, I see what you're doing and the father you are. Dude, I'm, I'm just telling you, you're doing some really good things congratulations on the family you're building. And I know that this, that I'm seeing the good of it, but I'm just telling you, keep doing what you're doing. Keep adding the value because I promise you, um, you're going to be glad you did later on. And just noticing people, you know what I mean? Man, do you know, I had a guy that did that to me when I was like, I don't know. He was actually a guy that was from the little small town I was in. I was maybe 25, 26 year, years old, you know, I was, I was starting to have some success in my business. Um, I was really involved in the community. Um, and this guy came up and he said, hey, um, I know you're just 26, but you're going to make an impact in this community. Dude, do you know how empowering that was? Yeah. Um, so I, I would just encourage people, you know, be, be the person that notices somebody. Look for things to compliment people on and not just to do it. Do it when you're there. Um, Man, I, I I was on I was traveling a couple weeks ago, and uh, this guy was sitting beside me. I'd never met him. We're sitting on an airplane, and um, he says, uh, and the stewardess comes walking up, and just she just came walking up, and she didn't have a great attitude, but um, he literally changed the entire flight for us because he, he this stewardess says, you know, you want the hair, head, headphones? We we're heading out west, and um and um that's all she said. And he said, you know what? And I just was listening to this, you know, as he's sitting beside me. I'd never, you know, he said, you know what? You look like a person that loves their job. I believe this might be one of your best flights of the month. Do you know what? That lady went out of, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Every single time there was something going on, she was coming checking on us on that row. She brought us extra snacks. She brought it, I mean, and it was just that little bit of noticing that changed everything. So just be a noticer. Be somebody that notices people, and I promise, promise you're going to get more out of it than even they are. Dude, that's a superpower. I'm going to give you a pro tip on how I order at Chipotle based on that same exact message because this this is key, but before I do, talking about like you have that moment in life where someone says something to you and it just hits you in, in your soul. When I was involved with a sales consulting firm, I was like 22, and it's one of the greatest like blessings of my life. There, I just got so involved in sales at a young age, and yeah. I was just like, I think I can be good at this. I'm not really good at anything else. I'm not really great at math, this that, but I can do this. Well, I can talk to people. He pulled me aside, and this gentleman said, 
you know what? You need to have unrealistic expectations about how good your life's mm. going to be. And I was mm. like, what does that mean? He's like, you wrote down you wanted to make a th- like a huge number at the time. Huge. I'm like, what if I made 200,000? <laughs> and he goes, no. That's not even close because you, yeah. you need to have unrealistic expectations about how uh-huh. good your life's going to be. And I find myself mm-hmm. saying that to the young agents. It's called Catch People Doing Something Right. There's a whole book mm-hmm. on it. It's a management yeah. practice. It's kind of what you just described. Catch people doing something right. But if you keep it inside, it, does, it doesn't do any good. You have to speak it and feel it. And even going to like the art of handwritten notes, which we all should be doing probably more in the real estate business. Chris Kelly just sent me the most magnificent one. Yeah, such a good dude. I got to send you a picture of it. He's like, you're rep- you, you, you outperformed your reputation. I can't wait to work with you. He just, he, like he was a pro. And I said, I said, yeah. I'm saving this one. And I did. Yeah. I put it right up on top. Right. Yeah. But talk like the stewardess story. This is just a fun little side note. When you go to Chipotle and they're scooping, you know, you don't want a bad scooper. You want all the beans and chicken and all the stuff you can get. I do this every time and it's a joke. Always works. I say, oh, we got a good scooper today. She knows. <laughs> yeah. I'll take that brown rice pinto bean chicken. And they just, because no one talks to them like that. Everyone's going yeah. through life on, right. on autopilot, but that's, yeah. that's good stuff. Well, let's, yeah. let's change gears to this because you're leading a really powerful organization in one of the most beautifully, uh, the most sought after areas in the country, super high price point, luxury. I'd never been there except when you invited me down two years ago. We're talking white sand, dolphins, panhandle of Florida. I couldn't believe we were in the United States. I felt like I was in like the Caribbean. Yeah just yeah. surrounded by nature. It's one of the most desirable areas. And I, I tell Amy all the time, it's, at some point, that's where I want to be. I want to yeah. be in uh, Rosemary Beach. Google it. Click images. Yeah. That's, that, it's available to you. <laughs> Watercolor, the golf courses. So that's where, Jimmy, that's where you're at. But that company went through a transition where you guys got acquired because you were so profitable and mm-hmm. such a great operation by Home Services of America. And that's when they made you the CEO. And now you're in this awesome learning environment that you love to be in and then you you take full advantage of and you talk to Gino Blafari I think you told me you talk to him every day is that still happening mm-hmm. or were you just yeah yeah man I, you know this is another one of those where you just you know you surround yourself with people um, and uh, just got a huge opportunity you know when we were purchased one of the things that Gino does is you have an accountability partner every month you know and so literally i mean i've had um you know everybody i mean some of your guests have been you know uh, that i've I've seen uh, on here have been some of my accountability partners so it's incredible the amount of relationships you build um and so the first month he says look uh you know you're newly acquired i'll be your accountability partner the first month and uh just looking forward to getting to know you and so as we went through that first month i was like i was like man i mean you know I just feel like I'm just a sponge here, just learning this stuff. And then so literally, and this is kind of a tip for somebody that wants a strong mentor is, first off, be prepared and bring some value to it. Uh, So literally what I did is is I went and studied everything that Gino had done and um, really came back a couple times on a couple of our calls and said, hey, I was watching this interview you did six years ago with Tom Ferry where you were talking about the West Coast offense. And when you were about 30 minutes in, you said this. What did you mean by that? And he's like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, this, right. this guy's serious, you know? And um, and then I said, well, let me tell you what my experience is. And I think you ought to be speaking about this more right now because of where the market is, is talking to agents about this. And he's like, that's a pretty good idea. Can you write something up for me? I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll have it to you in an hour, you know? And being someone that is, as a mentee, being someone that brings value and doesn't just take. Um, so consequently, after that first month, Gino says, you know what? I've done this with just a few people. He said, we're going to be mentors 
Um, and we're going to run a streak out like never before as far as the number of days consecutively we've talked. Um, right now we're at, a, um, well, today I can tell you, 438 days right now. Um, 438 days in a row, um, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, multiple times a day. Um, you know, we're just checking in. And you know what happens is, is you begin to understand and know people. And when you do four and 38 days, you see the best of them, you see the worst of them. You see a struggle that they have. You see something they're really good at. And um, it's been amazing. You know, the friendship I've built with him, um, the things where he'll just say things sometimes, and I'll just have to pull the car over. You know, just, I'll say, hey, whoa, whoa, slow down, slow down. Let me, let me, let me pull over if I can write this down. <laughs> I don't want to miss this, you know. Um, and so, um, yeah, I think it's, it's one of those where, I'm just, ex- I mean, this is crazy, man. I mean, to think, you know, here crazy. I am. You, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, think about that, dude. I mean, literally, I'll show you, I'll, let me show you this, because I try to keep this. Because you got to understand, and you and I have talked a lot about this. Don't ever forget where you're from. Don't ever forget how far you've come. Um, and don't ever not celebrate where you are, um, because where you are is not where you were. This used to be this little preschool song. My wife um, started the preschool up at the church for the kids, and they had this song that they sang every single time that they would do the graduation. It said, I'm not who I was. I'm not who I'll be. I'm somewhere in the middle. But God is changing me little by little. you got to understand that we're not who we were, and good Lord willing, we're not who we're going to be. We're continuing to grow and to develop. But don't ever forget where you are. So for me to have that opportunity, I'll, I'll show you this. Hang show, on grab it, grab it. So this right here, um, this is a mason jar. Um, let me un- unscrew this. So this is a mason jar, and what that is right there is that is red clay. It's not just any red clay. Uh, and this sits on the corner of my desk where I see it every morning. Um, and I'll see it when I'm shutting the lights off in the evening. And I'm the last one to leave. This red clay right here is from the dirt road I grew up on. I don't ever want to forget it. When things get tough sometimes, Andrew, I'll come in here, and I'll, and I'll be the only one here at night. And I want to just, listen, I've always kind of lived with a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. You know what I mean? Like, I, oh, doubt me. This accent? Yeah, think that's a dumb, think I'm dumb. You know, I, I, please, uh, underestimate me. You know what I mean? Right. And so literally what I'll do sometimes when those, th- when those difficult times come or those things are coming, I want to get back to that dirt road. I will literally take a pinch of this dirt road, and I'll take that pinch, and I'll just rub it into my hands. I want it. I want. I want it in me. You know what I mean. And then I'll get on the phone and I'll make the calls I need to make. Then I'll do go do the things. And I'll remember. Hey, listen. I'm not who I'll be. I'm not who I was. I'm somewhere in the middle. But I'll promise you, I'm not going to forget the lessons I learned on that dirt road. I'm not going to forget how far I've come, how many opportunities I have. And so when a Gino Blafari says, "Hey, listen, um, I want to spend some time with you," I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to show out. I'm going to show up and be prepared. I'm going to bring value to that relationship, and I'm going to do everything in my power um, to make sure that I take every advantage of every opportunity that comes my way. I think when you get to that place where you start understanding the value and the opportunities of some of these relationships, um, and you know what? We work in a business where you know, you're very approachable. I'm very approachable. Gino's very approachable. You know, if you're somebody that is wanting to grow and you're out there hustling, um, game recognizes game. If you're doing the work, I'll promise you, You'll spend time with people. I'll spend time with people. Um, so just be the person that's adding the value, and I promise you're going to draw the right people around you. I love that, Clay. What's it called? The yak? The funiac? What was the- that's exactly right. That's right. Back in the yak. You know it. Back in the yak. I remember with Greer, the Boomtown CEO, congrats on his acquisition. He would always, whenever you come around, he goes, from the yak! Like people know. 
And like another kind of valuable lesson you just explained, being grateful for where you are and just mm. recognizing what's going on. Because you're not your past, you're not your future, you got to be present. I was at, it was actually at Boomtown, I think it was Chris Jones was telling me, awesome guy to Utah. He said, you need to read the book, The Gap and the Gain. Yes, good. Because I'm always, what I realized is it's a f- kind of a famous book. Dan Kennedy's wrote like a million books. But this one is, I'm always focused on the gap. And the gap is, mm-hmm. he, here's where I am, but here's where I want to be. And I'm not there. And I'm focused on that gap. And I'm not focused on all the gain I've had to get to this right. point. And right. I read the book in like one day. It's like 150 mm-hmm. pages. I said, oh it my is. God, my whole life I've been living in the gap. Mm-hmm. And I still am. It's a struggle. Because I'm like, I'm not, I need to do this. I need to be doing that. Why, why am I not doing a thousand units? This is, what are you, stupid? Right. Like, you, like <laughs> yeah. how, how come this agent just left the team? It's, it's all gap, gap, gap. But that's an important lesson for everybody. It doesn't matter where you are on your journey. If you just got licensed, welcome to the party. That's it. You got, you know, you got the whole world in front of you. Yeah. So what do you guys talk about on these calls? So yeah. first of all, if someone said the number one most influential man in real estate who Warren Buffett specifically asked to run Berkshire Hathaway Home Services when they put his brand on a franchise because he saw what he did at Intero and just had this magical run. Because Gino's like a savant. Like this guy knows the business inside and out and backwards. You know, yeah. blindfolded, wake him up in the middle of the yeah. night, he'll be able to spit yeah. out numbers and just know exactly the ratios. He's a, he's a freak of nature in that respect. It's, is that intimidating? Like if he said, I want to talk to you every day, you're not going to get away from me. I'd be like, am I ready to work this hard? Because yeah. I kind of like cruising. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I mean, I think, again, it goes back to when the, when the student is ready, the teacher will, will appear. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so to be perfectly frank, um, our mutual friend Doug Edrington he and I were out in Omaha at Vince's event uh, one year, and Gino was speaking. I didn't know Gino that well. I knew of him, obviously. Everybody in real estate knows of him. And um, he was there, and uh, Doug says, hey, man, um, go ask Gino to, to, to mentor you. He does that for a few agents every year. That's when I was still an agent, you know, back five or six years ago. And um, I was like, no, man, I'm not going to do that, you know. And then he said, no, I'm serious. He did it for me for a month. It was amazing, you know. And I was like, really? You know, and, um, and no, this was back – five years ago before he was at the level he's at now. It's really difficult now for him to do something like that. And, um, and I went and introduced myself. And, um, and I said, hey, I just uh, – and, and, and I knew because he always talks about he, that he walks early, he works out early, mm-hmm. um, and, and I'm kind of similar. So literally I, I was there when, uh, when he got up and was walking, and it was just dark, and it was just me and him out there, you know, and I just introduced myself. And um, I said, hey, I'd love to, to get to know you better. Just appreciate all you're doing. Um, and just thanks for everything you're doing. At that time, he was CEO for, um, for Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And, uh, man, he spent some time with me that morning. And I was like, this is a good dude, you know. And um, ended up, obviously, his schedule, you know, did not happen at that point. But this was three years in the making. You know what I mean? I had been, I had been thinking about this, had asked for it three years before. Um, and I think sometimes what we forget is, is that for something new to be born, there is a time of uh, pregnancy. Um, and we want it to happen like that. But I'd ask him to be my mentor or to spend some time with me three years previous. And it wasn't that it was, the answer was no, it was the timing. And um, so I just continued to prepare. I continued to study everything he did. So when the time came, I was ready. Um, and now, you know, a lot of it is <clears throat> literally it's, hey, what's going on with your family? 
I mean, literally, we, you know, um, <clears throat> yesterday he was a little under the weather, so all we talked about was what was he doing to get some rest, you know? Hey, when you get run down like this, what do you do, you know? Um, you know, and I mean, just little stuff, you know, things like that. And it's just life stuff, you know? He was telling me about going to the ball game the night before, you know? I mean, it's, it's that kind of stuff. And then every so often, you know, there'll be those things where um, I'll ask his opinion on something. You know, and it's it's not it's it's not rare, but when I do, um, I'm prepared with, hey, this is what's going on. How would you handle this? That's been the amazing and valuable part that I feel like I'm just growing so fast, and it gives you confidence. You know, when you have confidence, you get gain confidence. So now, there's very few situations that, whether I face them or not, if I don't have the answer. Man, I got the well. I can come to you. I can come to Gino. I can come to you know Christy Budney. I talked to her for thirty minutes um, night before last. She had helped me with something. It was incredible the way she led. Um, so I just think it again. It goes back to being prepared, and then when once those things happen, take advantage of them and bring some value to those relationships. No, don't just take. Yeah, competence leads to confidence. The one thing it's com- being confident is a superpower, and you got it. The more you know, the more it's just automatic. Yeah. Like I found in some areas in the real estate business, certainly not in leadership and managing people, that's an ever evolving thing and no one's ever going to master completely, but you can, you know, get around the right people and learn. But on a listing presentation, or we call them a marketing oh, yeah. proposal now, I can do that blind yep. and just not miss yeah. it. And that gives you confidence. So now I do anything to talk to a seller, bring on the sellers, bring them. I want the most difficult ones. Send me in. I'm a Navy SEAL sniper. That's right. I don't need a scout. I'll blow a hole right through you, and but only because I know what I'm saying is right, and I can't lose anything I never had. That's, That's a, right. You know, you said something which is how do you how would you handle this? What a great question in life. If you want better answers, ask better questions. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite objection handlers. This is a little tidbit for an agent out there. Anytime you get an objection about anything ever, my first response is always, "How do you guys want to handle that?" Because mm-hmm. exactly people right. will solve their own problems. It's not your job to solve all their problems. And by the way, when it comes out of their mouth, people won't argue with their own data. Mm-hmm. But if it's your idea, naturally, they're going to push back. So, I mean, in new home construction, we use that all the time. Hey, you know what? We want to buy here. This school school system's not quite right for middle school and the lot's a little small. Got it. Too small. Schools. How do you want to handle that? Well... I guess I don't really need a pool. And then uh, they bought it. You guys got to get (laughs) out of your own way half the time. And one other nugget that you shared, which has just been so unbelievably true in my life, and I say it all the time, and I'm going to say it here again, is anytime I've ever asked someone for help, and I meant it, and I thought I could bring some value, and I was a student who was prepared, because then the mentor might be ready for me, everyone said yes. Whether it was Alan Dalton, I kind of pulled him aside one time and in a sh- one short year, we were writing books. We've spoken 15 yeah. times together, countless things with you, with Vince Lisi, you just dropped an amazing interview when he's talking about real estate investing. Mm-hmm. I just bought a commercial property. I sent it to Vince Lisi. Hey, I know this is kind of your bag. I don't really know what I'm looking at. He goes, all right, I'm gonna call you in half an hour. Do you know what a cap rate is? I said, uh, not really. Like, <laughs> Just being honest, like, yeah, I can yeah, look it up, yeah. but tell me. He goes, no, this is the exact ratio. He goes, this is a good deal. You should buy this deal immediately. Mm-hmm. I literally on the phone said, all right, hold on. I said, I'm in. I'll take as much as I can get. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. bought a building with my partners here at Berkshire Hathaway Home Sale. Yeah. That's the network yeah. we're in. So being what, asking for What a for great help, leader Rod is, by the way, also. Oh, I mean, come on, man. Naval I mean, Academy. Dude, 
Yeah, I mean, come on. His his yeah. claim to fame with me, at least, Rod Messick, our CEO at Home Sale, and they're doing they're doing you know three to four billion in sales, fourteen hundred agents, yeah. thirty eight offices, and the guy is just he's always done exactly what he said he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you don't get that all the time from a leader with all these crazy things going on. But when we shook hands, we've made a couple different agreements on a number of things. I know for a fact this guy's honest as the day is long. He will never say anything that's not 100% true. And you'd like to think that about everybody, but we've all been through life. Like, did he mean that? Was that just saying? Yeah. Not with Rod. You're going to no. get what you get. And that's the type of guy I want to work for, quite frankly. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you what, like with Rod, I'll use that with Rod. I don't, you know, even, you know, when you look at, um, for instance, um, Alan Dalton, when you look at um, Gino, um, those, those guys, what's pretty amazing to me is, is, these guys, like we were talking about earlier about the, you know, if you want a certain type of organization, you have to be the one that does it the most. I don't know anybody that reads any more than Gino. I don't know anybody that literally studies and spends. I mean, this is a guy, CEO of, a, you know, home services has, what, you know, 60, 70,000 agents. And yet two or three times a week, he walks in the mornings with agents to know what's going on. You know, I mean, every stays involved in these things. I mean, he keeps his feet in the dirt, so to speak, where he knows what's happening. You know, and so for me, as I, you know, one of the things that's been probably the biggest eye opener for me as I've gotten around a lot of these high achievers is um, they are absolutely the most educated and most hungry for knowledge people I've ever been around in my entire life. And, um, and so I'm trying to model more of that. You know, I'm trying to double down, um, you know, and, and instead of listening to that trap music when I get in my car, I'm trying to listen, to, you know, to, to something, you know, some, something that's educational. Um, you know what I mean? So, I mean, I, it just it, – and when you begin to do those things, it just – it's amazing what – you know, it's almost like, you know, when you're, when you're eating too much, you want more food. Um, when you search for knowledge and you truly have a hunger for knowledge, you can't get enough. You just begin to – it feeds itself where you want more and more and more. Um, so, yeah, these, these guys, whether it be Rod, whether it be Alan, whether it be Gino, whether it be Vince, all of these folks, um, whether it be – everybody, every single great leader I know is one of the most hungry uh, for knowledge people that I've ever met. Um, they're just constantly searching for it. You know, it's funny. Um, so I've been talking to Mark Stark a lot. He's just an absolute oh, yeah. legend. Come on. Like, you know how much I sweat him. It's funny. First of all, you can imagine how fun it is after you go give a nice presentation, you're partying on 30 in Florida, yeah. getting in the car with Jimmy and bumping some music on the way to the bar. <laughs> you, come on. We've done that, and we will do it again. Um, but Jimmy knows see like – three days. Yeah, I'm going to see you in three days. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And I was kind of telling you, like, dude, I saw this guy Stark speak. This guy might – he kind of blew me away. And you, you're involved with all the CEOs, and Jimmy starts sending me clips of Stark speaking. I'm listening. Oh, yeah, I like that. Write that down. Because I'm a, like, Alan calls me a mimic because he knows I steal a lot of his stuff. But look, when I see greatness, of course I'm going right. to steal it. What do you think I'm stealing? Yes. Like, of course I got to take that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was talking to Stark, he said that he kind of summed it up like this, and you just described it perfectly, which is you get the culture you deserve. <laughs> so whatever your culture is, that's what you deserve. Like that's why your culture is so good. Gino creates that culture that's so good because that's what you've created by the leader that you are. And you know, that kind of hit me really hard. I'm like, yeah, this is the culture. Because every, every business is different. The way I do it doesn't have to be the way you do it, anyone else do it, but you will get what you deserve. Yeah. And the, the yeah. side note, he's talking about priorities. He goes, you're, you're living your priorities. You've got to tell me what your priorities are. It's what you're doing every day. Don't tell anyone what it is. Show, like, just, <laughs> your priorities to golf right now. Oh, no, you don't have to tell hearing. me. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. Talk about another guy. Yeah. like, that's the type of guy you want to be in business with. Not letting yeah. you get away with any bullshit. 
Yeah. Just be yeah. disarmingly honest. <laughs> Man, I'm going to tell you one of the most empowering things when I was um, when I first came on as the CEO, and you know, I knew Mark a little bit. You know what I mean? But I spent a little bit of time with him. And we had, uh, he was speaking that CEO meeting where I'd sent you some of those clips. Um, and, uh, we were just kind of, we was waiting on dinner to be come in for all, for everybody there. And, uh, I just went over and sat beside him for just a few minutes and, you know, and, and you know how he does, you know, and he's, he's like, so what are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? What are you doing right? You know, I mean, you, yeah. know, you just, and, um, and so I said, Hey, here's what I'm focusing on, you know, and, um, you know, and here's what I'm, I want your opinion on, you know, on what would you be doing right here? And, uh, and he, he, he literally said, Jimmy, don't move. And this was something Ray Mace had said to me years ago too, another CEO, um, and a great CEO. He had said, Jimmy, make the market move towards you instead of you mimicking the market. He said, what y'all do with your culture should not be what everybody else is doing. It should be different. So literally from that time, I have been like, I'm going to just promise y'all when you walk in this door here, I want you to walk in here and be like, man, this is different. There's a different energy in this place. I, I want there to be so much positivity coming out of me towards agents and helping them so much that if I don't keep moving around, it's going gonna, it's gonna to puddle up as it drips off of me. Um, I want to make sure that every single person that comes in this office is somebody that is excited when they leave. And they're not, man, am I in the right business? No, 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 no. You're, not only are you in the right business, you're in the right business at the right time with the right people. Come, what are you going to do with this opportunity? Because it, you're either going to regret the fact that you didn't take full advantage of it, or you're going to be so thankful that you leaned in when everybody else was retreating. And so, yeah, man, having those folks around you, man, I can spend five minutes with Mark Stark, and I'm ready to run through a friggin' wall, you know? Um, and, and so, yeah, I think it's, it's critical that you get those people around you that inspire you to be better um, and more of who you were created to be. Well, they say you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. That's been said in a number of different ways, but it is so true. And that's why I'm very careful about who I take advice from. You know, they say, be aware of the vice in advice. Like you don't want to take <laughs> yeah. financial advice from broke people, right. for example. Right. right. But fortunately in this ecosystem that we have with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services and Home Services of America, there's so many people who are eager to pour into it. And I just feel like, look, I'm, I'm the young guy now. I used to always be the young guy. Now I'm like getting there. But like I'm taking advantage of everything I could possibly get my hands on. And like just the other day I said, look, I'm kind of overwhelmed. Um, I got this mortgage thing going on. I got the team thing going on. I'm trying to create this other little company over here. I'm kind of traveling a lot. I got three kids under five and I'm home. By the right. way, I am home every night by 5 p.m. Mm -hmm. I, know. People, I know. And like it's – so there's a lot. And, and you have your wife and everything else. And I have just the best people around me. And, and Mark just hit me with this. He goes, who are you? Write this down. Who are you? What do you want? And what price are you willing to pay? And there's always a price. And I just, I just got goosebumps thinking about it. I'm like, mm -hmm. and, but just makes you think. And he's not looking for an answer. That is rhetorical because that's for you to answer yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's right. no judgment. And there's no judgment whatsoever. Well, we're almost at an hour, Jimmy. So here's what I would like to do. What are you doing right now? You're one of the most sought after speakers in the entire network. Every conference you go to, they're like, put this guy up on the stage. I know what you're going to talk about at Boomtown because you were going to give this, this talk in Omaha when you couldn't make it last time about pruning back for new growth. Let's not give it away. Although this will air after that comes out. What are some things, if you're an agent right now, regardless of, of the market or your experience, should you absolutely be doing? Give us a couple of those Jimmy Burgess nuggets. Because look, when you have 280 agents and you're doing over $2 billion in sales, you're probably doing some tactical things right. 
So give us a couple jabs, jabs, maybe an uppercut with something that we can be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think right now, if you're not developing a personal brand, um, you're missing the boat. Um, you know, uh, one of the things that's been interesting for me, I'm not doing anything different. I'm not any different than I was. I mean, obviously, I've grown, you know, and I've got different people around me and I've got different opportunities. But as far as who I am, I'm still that guy with, you know, on the dirt road. Um, uh, and so the way that I talk to people, the way that I treat people hasn't changed. But what video has done is instead of me doing a sales meeting where I may have, you know, 50 agents there, now I shoot the video that fit with those 50 agents, and it can be seen tens of thousands of times. Um, and so what's happened is this video gives you the ability to amplify who you are. Um, so the first thing I would say is, is figure out just what you were saying. Who are you? Who is your ideal client? And then what are their problems? And begin to speak to those folks through video. Begin to build that. You know, people don't realize this. I, I mentioned this when, when I was speaking at the conference. I knew that video would give me the ability to expand the messaging, to help more agents. I knew that video was going to have the opportunity for me to impact more people than I could without it. So even when I did it poorly, I decided, and even when there were seven views for a video and three of them were my mom and two of them were me, I still kept putting the videos out. We started the videos for training for our agents. I'm just going to give you this background because I want to encourage agents to lean into video right now. Listen, we've seen it with your business. You know, I mean, we talked about this for years, uh, and we've, we're seeing the impact now. You know, and you've been seeing it for for a year or so now, but it's really coming on now. Um, I, it took me, and when I started doing the videos, it was first first where I come from. You feed your own family first. So literally, the videos for our agents. Um, you know, six or seven ways to generate listings right now. You know, how to negotiate on a contract better. Um, three things you need to make sure that you do at every single listing presentation to put it on lock or whatever it was. We did one of those a week, and we would send it to our agents. And then we started realizing, you know what, this 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 uh, this whole real estate community we're in, we truly are, as Home Services says, stronger together. Um, so from that standpoint, what can I do to add value back to the overall marketplace? Because I'm just, just like I was when I was an agent. I never wanted to chase business. I wanted to attract it. Right. Um, it's the same way with me in the position I was in then is I knew that if we were going to grow this company, we had to have more and better talent. So consequently, I didn't want to chase talent. I wanted to attract it. Video gave me the ability. So we would do the video. We'd present it to our, to our agents. And then what I would do is, is I would send an email out to other agents. And simply the video was just giving them a way to do their business better. And it really just simply said, hey, I hope you're happy where you are. But if you're not, you know, we'd love to share with you what we do to help our agents build the business of their dreams. That was all we did. Still do it every Tuesday. So I started doing that, and for the first four months, nothing. No, all I got was the haters, you know, right. the people with the snide remarks. What are you, the Tony Robbins of real estate now? <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. yeah, okay, yeah. I, please, please give me some motivation. I'm looking you know? for some haters, by the way. Can I get some nasty oh, comments? Because it's the best thing. Dude, all my old haters started to like me, Jimmy. I'm looking for new ones. <laughs> Right. So if you can right. help me find some new ones, that's what I'm looking for. I'm going to tell you something, dude. Um, yeah, Biggie was, Biggie was right, though. You know, uh, more money, more problems. I'm promising you, they're coming. They're going to have some more haters. Um, but here's the thing that, that was kind of interesting is um, when I went back and looked at this, uh, and I asked Vince this just a couple weeks ago when we were together. I went back and looked. It took me 83 or 84 videos, 16 months to get the first 100 subscribers on YouTube. When would you have stopped? At 20, at 2, at 70. See, when you understand and you believe and you know that what you're doing is going to help people, um, it's a different motivation. 
So I I went from a video standpoint to realize, hey man, um, I feel like I'm just hitting my prime. You know what I mean? I mean, I got some experience now. Um, I, I got some some competence where I can be a little confident in what I say. I got some results. You know, um, and so. I want my grandkids to be able to see me in my prime. You know, I don't want my I don't want my grandkids to see me when I'm you know having struggles. You know what I mean? I right. want them to be able to go back a hundred years from now, generations from now, and watch a video of me when I was just laying it down. You know what I mean? And so, literally, um, I just view that it, hey, if nothing else, this is a this is a catalog where somebody down the line is going to get inspired by this in my family. You know, so consequently, I kept doing it. And then all of a sudden we hit some momentum, and that was it. I got my first hundred subscriber, hundred subscriber, my number one hundred subscriber, in uh, December of 2019. Now here we are, just over three years later, and we're adding about 600 a month. And um, the impact uh, that it is giving, um, hopefully to the industry, is pretty powerful. And the thing is, is the next couple of years are going to pass either way. If you lean on video, here's what happens is it has a tail on it. You know, the stuff, the videos that you're shooting, Andrew, on houses, the videos you're shooting on how to sell a home better, the videos that you're going in there and talking to sellers about negotiating, the things that you do on the videos that you're doing, you don't realize that those videos, I've got videos that I shot three years ago that now all of a sudden, you know, are getting a thousand views a month. You know, they've got a shelf life. And you have to understand, too, if we're going to attract business, for me, what I realized was, and somebody showed me this um, um, a couple, maybe a couple months ago, and I never realized it. If I've got roughly twenty eight hundred hours per month, every twenty eight days of my videos being consumed, that means that every second we're talking right now, every second, four seconds, people are watching my videos. Imagine the power of that as a real estate agent. Imagine the branding that when you go to bed tonight. You've got a portfolio of these, which you are building and you've done, um, of these videos that are working for you. So while you're sleeping, literally the marketing is doing the work for you. Uh, again, we want to attract business instead of chasing it. There's no better way to attract business because, listen, this might, this, this, the camera doesn't lie. I mean, right. you, you are who you are. Be who you are because you're going to draw. We call them OKPs, our kind of people. I know my accent. I talk a little fast. I'm going to turn some people off. That's fine. I, I, I'm not supposed to work with them. The people that I am supposed to work with, they're going to watch this and they're going to be like, you know what? That's my guy. That's somebody I can do business with. That's the people we're supposed to do business with. We don't need all the business. We just need the ones we're supposed to get. OKPs. And when you do the ones you're supposed to get, you get more of them too. OKPs are kind of people? Yes. I like that. Yes. All right, so personal branding's big. You're like the master. How many subscribers you got now? You're over 10,000 or something crazy? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I didn't look this morning, but it's it's pushing up on thirteen, fourteen thousand, I think, on subscribers on YouTube. But this is the thing: that's YouTube. What you don't realize is, is when you start doing the longer form video, now you can have somebody chop these things up into smaller, like what you're doing, like I'm doing, like you see most people doing. And all of a sudden, now that same one video that might get five thousand views, all of a sudden, when you add in the little short clip of it on YouTube Shorts, and you then take the same one and you do it on Instagram, and you do the same one there, all of a sudden, now you've gone to twenty thousand views on a portion of that video that drives them back to that video. So it just continues to compound over time the ability to do that. So personal branding number one. Number two is if you control the market, you control if you control the listings, you control the market. Every bit of your focus in your business ought to be on controlling listings. It ought to be, um, you know, and you're one of the best I've ever seen at the listing presentation. It ought to be where that listing presentation, where when you get in there, it's like Chick-fil-A on Sunday, you know. 
shut them down. It's closed. <laughs> you know, we're going to close that thing. You get me in front of them, it's going to be closed. Um, you want to make sure you got that on lock. Number two is, is what is the marketing? See, we're coming out of an environment where literally even the best real estate marketers, the top producers that have been doing this for a while, the muscles of marketing are, have atrophy, and they've forgotten how to market. So as these listings stay on the market a little bit longer, the person who's going to win is going to be the one that understands how to market. Not only are they going to win because they're going to get more sales, but they're going to win the hearts and souls of all of the other sellers that are watching what they're doing to get home sold. It's going to be a differentiator. So what is it that you're doing to figure out how to dominate on that listing side? Doing the basics, hosting open houses, which you're a master at, uh, doing your geographical farming, um, doing unsolicited video CMAs, the things that we talk about a lot. What are you doing to make sure that this year you can add an additional two listings per month? If you can add two listings per month, I'll promise you can have your best year ever. And that's the critical part of this right now is, is understanding that this business is always about listings. You know, it used, you know, last year it was like, you know, think about it. This year it's all about listings. I'm telling you, if you can control the listings, you control the market, and you control your financial future. So you guys are just getting a little thimble of Jimmy right now. This is a little thimble's worth. <laughs> you can take it by the shot glass or by the gown like I try to drink it. Um, this is why, and you're probably one of the most – gifted people like giving just tactical actionable uh, actionable advice your youtube channel is freaking awesome you got to follow jimmy burgess and by the way what as we didn't talk about this but inman news noticed this guy as well See, one of the i mean you're you're on the the power 200 of the top most influential executives in the real estate industry which is freaking cool so i'm like my buddy jimmy is I'm like hell yeah he is <laughs> he's putting out content like there's no tomorrow well now you're also you're right i think you had the most viewed articles in all of Inman. Every time Inman News, which is a big publication in the real estate industry, if you don't know, Jimmy Burgess is like the head writer of all the most popular opinions on Inman News. The guy from the the dirt road is now writing, (laughs) CEO of a massive property, talks to the the chairman of Home Services of America every day. He's writing on the most popular news outlet in the whole industry, and he's just one of us. Can you feel it? He's one of us. Listen, Andrew, model this. Let me tell you what I did, okay? Because this is super practical, and you can do this on the local level. Because I'll promise you, there's a local, there's a local website that would love your real estate content written. Um, you know, there's a local um, lifestyle blog that would love to have an article from you um, that talks about what's going on in the real estate business. Um, here's what I do. Um, I kind of mentioned it earlier. I shoot the videos. Um, you know, those are edited. Uh, then I take and I have another editor that rips the audio. Comes the real estate sales podcast. Now over 250 um, episodes there. Um, and then what I do is is on and I publish two videos per week. Now we're up to two. Um, it wasn't that way when I started. And then on Sunday afternoons I start and I take one of the most better performing articles from the previous week, and I'll break it down to a 1,200 word article. One one video content, and then I break it into. Listen, some people learn through visual, some people learn through audio, some people learn through reading. So what I wanted to do is is I wanted to give it the old platinum rule. I wanted to give people what they wanted in the way they wanted to receive it. So consequently, you can do this on the local level. You know, your video where you're talking about, you know, five great, um, seven great service providers that everyone living in Baltimore should know. I mean, first off, you're putting other people on. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, I've, I, you, put you me and I've done interviews. You put I mean, me you know, like crazy. Yeah. 
I mean, so listen, by doing that, what happens is, is you build relationships and you get opportunities. Um, so by doing those things where you're sharing, I'm just using that as an example, where you're sharing seven service providers in your local area, you got seven other local businesses that are going to share your content, which is going to cross-pollinate your, your, your group of people that are following you, and you're going to find your other OKPs. And that's going to give you the ability also that they're going to be, those seven people are so thankful you know, for you noticing them, being that noticer, and that they're going to immediately when they have an opportunity to refer somebody, guess who they're going to remember? You. It gives you the ability really to expand. So I would just encourage you, take the content that you're doing and find ways to expand on it. Find ways to share it with a local, um, you know, blog, with a local, you know, every single, every single place in America has, or every, I believe, every state organization, like we have Florida Association of Realtors. Yeah. Submit an article to them. You know, I, I, I've had one on January. I think I'm. I think they. they and then they start calling. Here's the thing: is is get so good they start. They can't help but notice you. Attract them. Now they start calling me. I don't even reach out to them. You know, and they say, "Hey, we saw your article in Inman. Could you do one like this for us?" Heck, <laughs> come on! Are you kidding me? Yes, absolutely, I can. So, what is it on the local level that you can add value in a way where you're giving information? that is going to help buyers and sellers. And I promise when you get to a place where you can figure out what it is, you know, the best thing for me is, is man, I got the best job in the world. I just wake up every morning after selling real estate for 25 years and figure out how I can give agents what I wish somebody would have given me. So here you are. You're in that local real estate market. You've bought houses. You've sold houses. What do you wish an agent would give you? What is it that you can think back on that was the best transaction you ever had what did you do in that situation who was that ideal client and when we get where we're really focused on what it is we do that we give um the the receiving just takes care of itself i'm gonna need a list of those things to keep my brain rolling like the top seven service providers is a no-brainer anyone listening to this you have your i know you have your favorite lenders and title company and tree removal guy and this thing and that that's unbelievable and you know what i didn't realize till just now because i knew your strategy because you have an awesome podcast, the Real Estate Sales Podcast, right? Yeah. It's w- way more popular than mine. Now, the, <laughs> but each yeah, time, You know what the difference is? About 225 episodes. If you, you judge know, me mean, now, you'll have judged me prematurely. The courses, current events, not ancient history. You're in the wrong classroom, young man. We're just getting warmed right. up. But so you take the video and then you rip it for a podcast and then you use that for the writing and you hit every factor of of how you know visual auditory written word well jimmy because because we could go all day we're probably going to do part two three four and five who knows where you're going to be in five years maybe running the whole thing and and i can continue to ride your coattails if i'm lucky enough stick around um is there any imparting words look i love talking to you and you're one of the guys and i said it on my story this morning you just live you live it out you don't have to say it you go out of your way to help people all the time, like our friend Heidi Harris and myself mm. and Mario is not even with our company. Shout out to Mario in, yeah. in North Carolina. Like people would take bullets for you yeah. and I'm on mm. the list. Like if I ever, and no one, not that I have to, but if anyone ever would say something that I heard that wasn't positive about Jimmy Burgess, I'd have to call a full stop timeout. What? <laughs> and that's just the kind of guy you are. And I just want you, you to know publicly you're inspiring to me, not just on the real estate and all this fun stuff about making money, but on how to be, a good dad, a good husband, you, and just uh, just do life the right way in a way you can be proud of looking back. Yeah, man, thank you. Let me let me just let me close with this. Um, anybody that's watching, somebody's gonna have their best year ever. Why not you? Um, why not this be the year? 
um, that you look back that really changed the trajectory? Why not this be the year that you leaned in when most people are leaning out? Um, why not this be the year that you gained more knowledge than you've ever gained? Why not this? And listen, when I say somebody's going to have their best year ever, immediately most people think I'm talking about business. Man, if you, if you find success in real estate and you fail at home, you fail. Um, somebody's going to have their best year being a parent this year. Somebody's going to have their best year being a friend, being a spouse, um, being a brother, being a sister. Um, somebody's going to have the best year ever in every area of their life. Why not you? And ultimately, it's going to come down to not a matter of what happens to you because, listen, we're all going to have this. My grandfather was a pastor. He used to say it this way. He said, listen, if you'll treat uh, not everybody like they're hurting, you're going to be right about 90% of the time. We all got struggles. Because, man, I got stuff I sucks right now that I'm dealing with. You know what I mean? But the bottom line is, is it's not about what happens to you. It's how do you react to it. And I'll promise you, I'm going to wake up every morning thankful that I got an opportunity. I, you know, I woke up this morning. I was literally, as I'm making my list of things I'm thankful for. I'm thankful I get for your friendship. I'm thankful for the opportunity that maybe somebody listens to this that doesn't have to go through some of the stuff I went through. Uh, I'm thankful for the opportunity that when I open this door, I can see there's five agents standing out there um, that I can go out and just encourage. Um, I'm thankful that my son um, is uh, made it to school safely driving, driving by himself for the first time today. You know, I'm just thankful. And when you come from a place of gratitude and you focus on the fact that you're going to be the best that you can possibly be, um, those are the folks that are going to have their best year ever. Why not you? All right, call to action. Send Jimmy Burgess a message on Instagram. Uh, give him a subscribe on YouTube if you found any value in this conversation, and we will keep bringing the best guests we possibly can. Jimmy, that was f- unbelievable. Thanks so much for spending the time, and I wish we were in person. Next time we do it, we'll be sitting in the chair next, uh, next, right next to each other. Sounds great. Thanks for everything, man. See you guys.